Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 245 and 10. Live. What up, TCK Potters? Welcome back to the program. Sky back with you. Took yesterday off. A rare non-podcast for myself, but Lucas and Dwayne did a fabulous job holding it down. Lucas, well done. Dweez Nuts, my man. You can go follow him at Dweez Nuts on Twitter and IG. Great member of the family as well. Uh, Dwayne is kind of fresh to the podcast um, and certainly the Landry team uh, as of yesterday, uh, but he has been doing a lot for the TCK pod behind the scenes um, pretty much for this entire offseason. He's been a great contributor to our draft guide, which you can still get. Uh, again, just five bucks for the preseason draft guide, five bucks for the uh, midseason draft guide, and 15 for both of those. Plus, uh, we have some uh, bonus there for you, some one on one coaching, if you will, from Lucas, myself, Dwayne, but also the Commish Fantasy Football Podcast crew um, that you know and love very much. Chris will be on with us tomorrow. Uh, to break down the AFC East. Today we are breaking down the AFC North. This is episode 245, almost a 250, 245 of the TCK pod and episode 10 of the TCK pod on the Landry Football Network. You can find us every Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can find us right here on twitch.tv slash Football, and you can find all of the Landry Football Networks at Landry football.com that's high school coverage college coverage nfl proper and we are your lone station for fantasy football before we get into the afc north uh lucas let's check in man you and i haven't been on a pod together in uh going on two weeks here man it's been quite a while so uh, why don't you say hi to the family real quick and we'll get in how you feeling doing good apparently torrential rainstorm hurricanes in iowa are a thing um so we had a bit of a Break, you could say, but doing good. Ready to harp on the Browns once more for the listeners. <laughs> we know. We're looking forward to it, man. So we are excited. Yesterday, if you were tuning in, we started our team and our um, CB kid. Great to see you, brother. Thank you for jumping in. The um, team breakdowns and the divisional breakdowns. So we started yesterday with the AFC West the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos. Today we're going to go into the AFC North, and that's the Ravens, the Browns, the Steelers, and the not-so-bungles. And we're basically just going to take the 45, 50 minutes we have here to break down those teams best we can, 
a little bit of NFL conversation because I think it's important at this point when you do team overviews. Uh, but of course, we'll try to focus on fantasy best we can. As always, as you saw, our boy CP Kid jumping in already. Appreciate the early comments. Make sure you jump into our chat room. We are always excited to bring you in. We know that we have uh, a couple people now who are jumping in episode by episode. And um, I know that CB actually hit us up uh, via DM right after an episode last week. I invited him to hit us direct. He, he hit us up on uh, Instagram right after the broadcast. He actually shared his roster with me. He had a draft that came up last week, and I was able to talk to him about that one-on-one. -on -one. He sent me his plans. I gave him a little bit of feedback. He sent me his roster crushing it dude great great draft my man well done so if anybody needs that one on um one-on-one -on -one help or any uh of your ideas reciprocated make sure to hit me up uh the tck pod brand that's fantasy football underscore tck pod on instagram or at tck underscore pod on twitter or you can hit lucas direct at caser underscore lucas all right, man, let's jump into this here. We'll keep an eye on the chat room, but we got a lot to cover today. Lucas, I'm going to let you uh, kick this off per usual. So basically, again, how we're going to break this down is we're just going to jump right into the Baltimore Ravens and break down their 2020 outlook for fantasy football. Of course, we had the reigning MVP here, Lamar Jackson, setting the world on fire, the only uh, professional quarterback in NFL history to set up 3,000 yards passing and over 1,000 yards rushing. Of course, he broke um, that very prestigious rushing record that held since 2006 from Michael Vick rushing. Uh, he actually led the league in passing touchdowns as well. We have Mark Ingram, who had 15 touchdowns last year in his first season with Baltimore. Hollywood Brown, great rookie season, looking for more in year two. And, of course, Mark Andrews seemingly coming out of nowhere, leading uh, in receiving touchdowns with tight ends as well. So, Lucas, a lot to talk about uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, man. Go ahead and jump in. Yeah, so right off the bat, I asked Dwayne the question yesterday of who is the QB1 or his QB1 or this is Tier 1 in general. Um, if you're listening yesterday or if you listen to it whenever, uh, he basically said that it was Mahomes all day with Dak at the 2, Lamar at the 3, and I think Kyler at his 4. Basically, what the, the point of the question was, are you fading the re the – not even a rebound, a repeat for Lamar Jackson, or are you buying it? I know we are both buying it. Um, as of right now, I have him projected for 355 fantasy points. Uh, I'm not for sure where that finishes in my whole projections, but uh, over 1,000 rushing yards, 3,300 passing yards, 24 passing touchdowns, and seven interceptions. So I am baking in 12, yeah, 12 passing touchdowns less, uh, but I didn't even say rushing touchdowns here. Rushing touchdowns, 6.4. So that's not going away. Uh, meaning he's both our QB1, so I don't really think uh, we need to discuss that much because we have on previous episodes, but I think that was just the main uh, starter that I started off with yesterday with him to kind of get a view for how the QB landscape is playing out. Um, but I guess I'll ask you, that: how far back does your Tier 1 go um, for your quarterback rankings? Uh, I mean, it's just the top two. I mean, as if we're talking tiers – it's going to be it's going to be Lamar and Mahomes. Um, Dak is a is a he's a close third in my opinion. Uh, but then it's actually Russ. I've moved Russ up over the summer to number four, um, and then Kyler and Deshaun. I think that Kyler and Deshaun just both have so many question marks. And man, we're going to talk about the Cardinals later on here, so I'm not going to get into it too much. But you know, there's quick there's early reports here that DeAndre Hopkins has got a hamstring issue. I mean, 
I'm not trying to blow stuff out of proportion, but the reality is those things scare me quite a bit at this time of the year. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. Of course, we still have another month, but again, Kyler takes a little bit of a bump. But um, yeah, for me, it's Lamar Jackson, uh, runaway. We talked about this actually, I think two weeks in a row here with quarterback rankings, but also um, we brought that in when we were talking about our buy or sell segment as well two weeks ago. So uh, Lamar Jackson, easy for me. Um, I want to talk about Mark Ingram, man, and I didn't even mention him in the uh, in the uh, intro here, but our boy J.K. Dobbins. There we go. Boom. Perfect timing here. CB kid on it. The question is, when does Dobbins become the bell cow, assuming no injuries? That's a great question, man. You no, know, bell cow is a tough word because there's not many bell cows in fantasy football anymore. And bell cow basically means the guy getting 90% of the work, I would say. So, you know, running backs you can think of in the NFL who are bell cows, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook when he's right. Um, you know, and I would say Mark Ingram, uh, but they still do have a little bit of a timeshare there. Le'Veon Bell, although not very effective last year, certainly bell cow work. James Conner, when he's healthy, the Steelers like to run that as well. So Kenyon Drake, uh, sounds like he will be a bell cow this year. So basically, when is Dobbins going to be that guy? Honestly, I think it's it's going to take an injury, but if we're not accounting for an injury, I think it's going to be at least six weeks. I really do. And, and the reason I say that is because Mark Ingram is still solid. All right. He's coming into 31, 32 years old, but he's still very effective. 10 rushing touchdowns, five receiving touchdowns last year. Even if we give him massive regression in the touchdowns, that's fine. He's still very effective. Him and Lamar Jackson are BFFs as we've seen over the, uh, over the summer. So I think that they're going to get plenty of work in together and they're going to ride the veteran. They have to, right. Um, and honestly, I think with so many other question marks with the COVID season, they might lose their other backups. So they got to keep J.K. Dobbins fresh. He is a rookie. Lucas and I both love J.K. Dobbins uh, as much as you possibly can here on the podcast. Um, but if I'm being real, I don't think he becomes a bell cow without injury until about halfway through the season. And Lucas, if you have a different take, feel free to jump in. But otherwise, I just don't see it happening. Now, am I drafting J.K. Dobbins like – assuming he's not going to be a bell cow. Yes, but I'm still kind of reaching around even maybe like, I think what ADP is probably about seventh round right now. If I go, you know, heavy running back or heavy wide receivers and I miss out on those big guys, I might get JK Dobbins in the sixth or seventh and just kind of wait it out. If I have to grab a couple, you know, PPR guys in the back end to, to wait it out. But I love JK Dobbins. I don't think it's going to happen right away. I do think Mark Ingram is going to be just fine. I have in a couple, I haven't done it in a real draft yet because it just hasn't fallen that way, but I have taken a couple instances in mock drafts where I've actually drafted both guys. So I've drafted Mark Ingram and say, let's call it the fifth round, sixth round, and then I've turned right around and the immediate next pick is J.K. Dobbins to make sure to lock up that backfield. So I'm not opposed to doing it, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Ravens do, but they are the number one rushing team in the league by far, and uh, I just think it's going to be um, – pretty unstoppable that the rushing attack but again Dobbins not 100% sure that he's gonna be a bell cow right away uh Lucas quickly I'll let you reply on the uh Dobbins situation then why don't you turn it on to the uh wide receiver here and get into Hollywood Brown yeah so I think really just to answer the question is I haven't projected 22 points of separation with Ingram being higher um 45 more carries but 10 less targets start I don't think um, you basically touched on it. No matter what happens in terms of they all are presumably healthy for the year, I don't think there needs to be a bell cow. I think they made that clear that there was um, 
whatever camp blurbs or whatever of like Gus Edwards getting cut and maybe Justice Hill gets cut. And they came out yesterday and said they're going to keep all four, meaning they're going to use all four because they don't. When you have Lamar, you don't need to hold four running backs. It's just not a, not a use, especially with your top two guys being that good. So I don't really think there is a bell cow. Um, Ingram really like he kind of was last year, but he still like didn't really get much receiving work. Played the good snaps and then let Gus Edwards take all the the pass blocking snaps, you could say, or just the snaps where you didn't need marking him in there. So we'll see kind of how it plays out. I do think as the season goes on, you'll be your generic uh, rookie will start to take more snaps than he did week one. But I don't think this is a scenario in redraft where he really provides much value. I think it's the same with JT. I think it's just not um, a very friendly pick that or a uh, plus EV, I always say, plus expected value pick that you'd want to smash on at round six to seven. But he'll definitely be – with all these uh, cool little clips from camp, he'll definitely be round five um, by two weeks, I guess, when drafts happen most of the time. And then on to receivers here. Yeah, this is a tough one. I kind of am buying the Hollywood train to a certain extent. The projections don't really say so uh, because I can't project a 160-pound receiver to be a top 24 receiver. This wouldn't make sense logically. Um, but that being said, Definitely a big upside play guy. Definitely a guy that if you are buying into his health, you have to draft him. Have been 101 targets, turning that into 784 yards and 4.8 touchdowns. I feel like it's pretty um, – I think that's like over 13 games or 14 games that I haven't projected out to be, so that's pretty fair. Um, but outside of that, I mean, unless you have a, a sleeper receiver on this team, I feel like there's not much value outside of um, Lamar and Mark, uh, Mark Andrews. Uh, and Des Bryant. Oh, Are gosh. you kidding me? <laughs> my, my man Dez looking for a job. I think he would be great uh, in San Francisco, but I'll, I'll wait till he, he lands somewhere. Um, I think Miles Boykin could definitely be a sleeper if he's able to get the proper work. I will say that um, they have two rookie receivers, of course, as well, Devin Duvernay and James Prochet. But we got to see what happens. It's all about Mark Andrews in this passing offense. And again, led tight ends and touchdowns last year. Even if he bakes in some regression, I think he's going to be just fine. Lucas and I kind of went in on this on the tight ends ranking. So I'm going to save this full take so we can move on here. So you can, you can double back and, and listen to that if you'd like to. But essentially what it comes down to is we both appreciate and um, buy into Mark Andrews talent overall. It just comes down to, is he actually going to get that, that target share increase that we expect because Hayden Hurst is now at Atlanta. Well, when I broke it down and I did the the uh, rankings last week, Lucas was out, but covered for him. Basically I was trying to bake in the fact that like it, you know, it kind of came out publicly, I guess, to the fantasy community, at least that he's um, got this type one diabetic situation, which is, a, I mean, it's a, something to monitor. Um, so the reality is, it has nothing to do with his talent. He may literally not be able to take on more snaps because of the workload that it's going to take on his body. And honestly, that is a, that's a problem, right? If he can't take on more work, he has to remain as efficient as he was last year. Could he remain as efficient? Absolutely. Because they run off the play action. They have a great passing game. He's wide open most of the time. So no problem, but is it going to increase? I don't think so. So I think Lucas and I are kind of starting to level off on Mark Andrews a little bit, but love him. If you miss out on Travis Kelsey or, or um, uh, George Kittle, and if you're not if you're not an Ertz guy or a Waller guy, I think Mark Andrews is great. And honestly, you're able to pick him up in about the fifth, sixth round nowadays because running backs are going so heavy, and you know two quarterbacks, two tight ends going early, wide receivers. So those tight ends are falling outside of Kelsey and Kittle, so you can get pretty good value there on. Um, Mark Andrews. I will add as we uh, move on here to the uh, 
Cleveland Browns. I'm going to let Lucas kind of rev his engines for the Browns here. Um, I want to mention really quick for those of you, and I know it's kind of faux pas these days in, in fantasy, especially dynasty, uh, to not play with defenses and not play with kickers. I get it. I kind of have a take both way for that. I play in a lot of leagues still with kickers and defenses, whatever. I have made the case very clear on our podcast, though, that if you play in those leagues, I highly recommend you don't, you know, you don't draft a, a defense in the eighth round. You don't draft a kicker in the 10th. But if you're in a 14 round league, don't wait until your 13th and 14th round. That's my opinion. I would get a defense, a top end defense, and maybe the 12th, and then reach for your kicker like Justin Tucker of the Ravens and maybe your 13th and try to jump around on the kickers before everyone else does. Because reality is the guy that you're going to pick in the 12th round is probably going to be there in the 14th round anyway. So pick your good defense, pick your good kicker who are consistent, maybe indoor, have a great offense, whatever, and then pick that sleeper guy anyway later on. So I love the Ravens defense and I love Justin Tucker as my kicker if you are in those leagues. All right, man, let's move on to the Browns here. I will let you get in on it. Obviously, Baker comes out, um, breaks Peyton Manning's touchdown record as a rookie two years ago, comes out pretty sleepy last year though. Freddie Kitchen was a mess total offense was was tough Nick Chubb as much as Derrick Henry gets all the credit for leading the league in rushing Nick Chubb is right behind him but they have another year now a full year of Kareem Hunt your boy Odell coming back healthy Jarvis Landry hopefully coming back healthy but he's had a little bit of a hiccup with his injury they bring in Donovan Peoples-Jones who's a big receiver from Michigan three receivers now with Austin Hooper coming over the Browns have a lot to talk about man I'm gonna give it to you go ahead Well, I mean, I okay, we'll start from the top. So Baker Mayfield, uh, I feel like he's finally came down to earth with what realistic expectations are. Um, have him at 3,600 yards, 22 passing touchdowns, 17 interceptions. I feel like that's pretty reasonable, I guess. I mean, I, I think he's just like a, another Kirk Cousins, Jimmy G type quarterback that's going to finish right around where everyone has him ranked the 16 to 22 range and no one's going to think anything different of it this year. Last year, everyone thought it was like crazy that this team was not as whatever they were projecting. I don't really know what they were projecting in general. So nothing much with him. Uh, the running backs, uh, Nick Chubb is on concussion protocol as of today, actually three weeks to the season. I feel like it's probably fine. It's his first concussion ever. So I'm not really worried about uh, any lagging concerns with that projections though, for these two are 276 points for Chubb and 204 for Kareem Hunt. It seems a little crazy at first. Um, that And this is a total, a team total of 486 rushing attempts because Kevin Stavansky is coming over, so they are going to run the ball a lot. We've made that clear. Everyone's made that clear. So I'm, I'm standing ground on that. These are full PPR projections. I'm pulling up here what that would have finished last year. That would have finished as the running back two and the running back eight. And I get that that's like, I'm not going to rank them there, but that's to show the range of outcomes if they do get the the touches that I think they will and they are as efficient as I think they will. So those two, I think, are both, um, I think Hunt's the much better pick in general of terms of ADP and what you're getting out of them. And the upside of, I think we both ranked him our number one handcuff. Um, we had, I don't even know, a while ago we had rankings, but then Chubb on his own, right? I think it's just an upgrade to Josh Jacobs. To me, I think he's a little undervalued. But that being said, um, you do have to be worried about the splits with Hunt playing. Take that with what you will. Me and Dwayne, if you go back on the podcast, the TCK itself, we had a running back fade episode. He did a good job of the what-if scenario if 
Hunt actually does take more red zone snaps because it was pretty lopsided, like 40 to like six range around there. And then Chubb also had uh, 15 rushes for negative 13 yards and one touchdown inside the five. So keep that in mind too. But basically what I'm saying is target the running backs. I'll let you give your take on them before we uh, go into the best part of the Browns. Yeah, I want to give you as much time as you want for uh, Odell Beckham, so I'll keep this short. Um, Honestly, man, I think you hit hit the nail on the head. I am not worried about drafting Nick Chubb. Uh, You know, he is in the concussion protocol, as you mentioned, per yesterday, first day in pads. It was a fluke thing, too. He got, like, fake tackled by the neck and hit his head. It was weird. Anyway, pouring down rain in Cleveland anyway. I'm not sure why they're even outside, but nonetheless, um, I'm not worried about Nick Chubb. I'm not worried about Kareem Hunt. I am targeting Nick Chubb in drafts if I'm able to get him in either like the 12th pick or on the turn. Uh, I love getting him there. Otherwise, you're just not going to. Kareem Hunt-wise, I think is great. You just did a great episode, which I highly recommend everybody go check out. The Commish Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll have Chris on tomorrow, of course. But you just did a great episode with Chris and Josh over there at the commission crew uh, about zero RB. And you and I have talked about it a lot. I'm not going to get into that. But what I think is great is Kareem Hunt is a perfect zero RB can, uh, running back, even as your RB one, right? So if you go like three or four wide receivers, maybe a tight end, even a quarterback, you can still get a guy like Mark Ingram, who we just talked about, or maybe even a Kareem Hunt in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, depending on the draft. So I do think that there's value there. I like them both. I think they're going to be just fine. And there's a chance that Nick Chubb leads the league in rushing, even with Kareem Hunt there. I think he's going to be just fine there. NBA rigged, totally agree. Lucas and I are on that train, and uh, we are we are definitely stoking it with Cole as much as we possibly can. So um, I like both running backs here. No complaints there. I know that the numbers came down for Chubb overall when, when uh, Kareem Hunt ultimately got a full scale. But with Kevin Stefanski coming in, we've seen what Dalvin Cook was able to do. We also saw, you know, CJ Ham and Alexander Madison uh, be a part of this uh, offense. Amir Abdullah from a time to time. Kareem Hunt is better than all those guys. So I think that these guys are going to be just fine. The Browns, as much as you're, you know, kind of uh, drinking the haterade, I think they'll be much more efficient this year under Stefanski, less turnovers from Baker, more opportunities to score in general. And I do think that uh, Chubb does get a little bit of work out of the backfield as well. So love both running backs. Let's turn it over to the wide receivers. Odell Beckham, go for it. Yeah, so I've given a whole spiel probably two or three times on different podcasts. But basically what it comes down to is some people are saying that the whole switching teams thing is over. And if you follow fantasy, you know that's a big um, data point or data collection source of it always regresses for people, for players switching teams. Um, and I always reference back to last year's, no, I always reference back to um, Rich Rebar's article on sharpfootballanalysis.com. How about that one? Uh, he wrote about three months ago. Um, so it, it details the first year switching teams and then the second year. Um, which is listed as N plus one, just how he notates it on there. Um, so since 2010, the teams are the players that switch teams in year two of their team. There's a there's 15 or sorry 24 uh, receivers in the sample. Only 15 of them got to uh, this is in the top 24 ADP too. Got to be in the top 24 ADP year two. Odell is definitely in the top 24 ADP at his position. Only four of them went up in points. From the original year. So only four of them, if you throw Odell in here, he's a four divided by 15% chance of going up from what he went by last year for basing off this sample. 
the average dip in that sample of 15 is 26.01% uh, point per game differential. So if you're following the numbers, which some people will be like, but it's Odell, last time he was good, I was still in high school, so take that with what you will. Um, he's going to dip down or stay neutral. Staying neutral on the wide receiver 29 does not dictate his wide receiver 10 ADP. So, yeah, there's that part. There's also the quarterback part of Baker was bad last year. Um, the new O-line will help him. Uh, from PFF's QB annual, just like a big e-book e type thing they do every year, his grade from a clean pocket ranked 26th out of the 34 they charted, 34 starting type caliber quarterbacks. His grade under pressure is fifth. So he's fixed. they're fixing the under pressure part, meaning that he's going to go up from fifth to fourth, third, second, first. The clean pocket's only going to get greater, so is he actually going to improve from what he was last year? I think you just, we just kind of saw what Baker really is last year, and it's the mediocre average. It's a Kirk Cousins-type quarterback, Jimmy G-type quarterback. Derek Carr just gets the job done, and that's about it. Now you bring in the new coach who everyone knows likes to run the ball. So I guess I'm confused why Odell is still a thing. I guess it doesn't make any sense, I guess, why he's still a thing. I know my ranking of him is pretty drastic. Um I guess compared to compared to most, but him and Landry are still just as close in projections and rankings. And I'll still take Landry 10 times out of 10. The big change for me in Odell Beckham uh, this year, as opposed to last year is last year. And you were very vocal about this last season coming in year one with the squad is tough for wide receivers and, and quarterbacks, especially a young quarterback trying to get his feet wet with a head coach that doesn't know what they're doing. Yada, yada. Last year was a mess for the Browns anyway. Early on, they bring in Dell Beckham. They have Baker Mayfield coming off his rookie season. The expectations were through the roof. They had really impressed, honestly, as a rookie, you know, two years ago coming in. People were putting him there for the Super Bowl. I think it just like all those guys, Landry, Beckham, Baker, they all love to have the ego boost, right? So the, the public boosted their egos for them. And unfortunately, I think it really affected them in a negative way because they weren't quite ready for that. The defense still needed work. The offensive line wasn't quite ready to go yet. Odell was injured. Landry ended up getting hurt. So it just didn't work. The coaching was terrible, and it just didn't work out. This year, I really think that they got humbled a little bit from last year. I think that they realized that they are quickly – with the if the Bengals are even the Browns of last year – that division is quickly going to become one of the hardest in the league with two of the better teams in the league with the Steelers and the Ravens. Now the Browns, who I think are going to be contenders for a wild card spot at least, and then the Bengals, who if not this year, in the next couple of years could be contenders for the playoffs as well. So Odell in year two in this offense I think is great. Landry also had an injury uh, that was, you know, core muscle injury that was um, uh, operated on this year. And kind of came out just a week or two ago and basically said he wasn't quite ready yet, might end up starting the season on the pup or missing a game or two. That's going to force feed Odell Beckham. Um, he did get Odell's cleared. He did get cleared? Oh, okay. Landry got cleared, but he – yeah, I don't think he's full, but he hasn't missed a game ever in his career. So I think he'll be – it sounds like he'll be the same Landry that we always get. Okay, thank you for the clarity on that. Either way, Jarvis Landry has, has perennially – upended his ADP. His ADP, he's always outperformed his ADP, I should say. Odell Beckham, when healthy on the field, is a top 10 receiver every single week in fantasy football. Dude's an animal. We know that he can take a five-yard slant to the house. He was playing with Eli Manning for his career. I'm not a super-duper Eli hater, but I have to imagine that Baker Mayfield is like 90% of Eli Manning at least. 
So I just don't see the problem here. Working off the play action, I think that's going to help tremendously for this offense. Chubb and Hunt are obviously going to be get the both of the work. So I don't think the volume is there for Odell or Landry, but I do think that the efficiency is going to be there. More scoring opportunities, I think they're going to be just fine. Odell's a little rich, but honestly, for the talent and the potential of a top 10 receiver, who Odell is if he plays a full season and he stays healthy, he can be top 10, I think, easily. That potential you're getting in the third round, even the fourth round, depending on how running backs go in your draft, it's like Juju, man, who we're going to talk about in a second. No-brainer for me. It's a risk I understand, and it might blow up in your face, but it's also the league-winning type pick you can make outside the first two rounds. That could be the different uh, differentiator in your league. So a little bit risky. Landry in the sixth or seventh every year, that's always a bargain, so I like that a lot. Um, very quickly, like you know, 30 seconds or less, man, this tight end debacle, obviously, you know, uh, we know that David Njoku is going to be out of town here halfway through the season, I'm sure. Um, how are you feeling? Harrison Bryant comes in, great tight end, but young. How do you feel about this Austin Hooper situation? I know that you and I both are pretty low on him, but overall, the fantasy community is either all in on Hooper or all out. Where do you sit with Austin Hooper? And do you think it's worth a pick for him as a middle to late round tight end? It's going to come down to red zone targets, I think. And like that's what he showed last year. He had to have red zone targets in order to produce in fantasy. Uh, the, the Vikings are the highest last year when Stefanski called the plays for the highest run rate in the red zone. I have him right around five touchdowns at about 400 yards. That seems pretty fair to me, I think. I, but I do, see, I do see where he could put up 10 touchdowns. Again, I just think that he's just kind of an eh pick. Um, there's definitely guys later in the draft. That being said, he's out of his ADP for a reason because we saw what he could do last year, but it's just more of a just pass, I guess, or just take one earlier. Got it. All right, man, let's move on to the Steelers. But before we do, I want to talk about the Listener League real quick. I gave a teaser on Friday. You and Dwayne gave another teaser yesterday. I want to talk maybe five minutes or so about the Listener League here. I've got a lot of submissions already just from our teaser on Friday and Monday. Here's what's going on. We are running the TCK Pod Listener League. Hashtag TCKLL. The letters TCKLL. L. You can follow our status from last year. We're going to be picking it up again this year. Already got a couple of submissions in. Here's what we're going to do. We already have 10 people in from last year. Okay. Those are, I'm sorry, 12. Well, 10 on top of Lucas and myself. So 12 total. That's one league already. We're going to open it up to two more leagues worth. So we have 24 spots left, 12 team rosters. We have 24 spots and already in about two days uh, of open submissions, we've got about, I think seven of those are already claimed. So it's happening quickly. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, hit the heart right here on Landry Football on the Twitch channel and make sure. And if you're listening in the podcast after the fact, you're listening on YouTube as well. I want you to give us an honest review on Apple Podcasts if you can, Spotify, here on Landry, wherever it is, and make sure you drop us an honest review of how you feel about the podcast. When you started listening to the podcast, so was it this season? Was it via Twitch? Did you find us on YouTube? Did you surf for us on podcasts? Did uh, you hear it from one of Lucas's homies? I want to know how you found us and you came across us because that just helps us gather some data. And then I want a honest review. We did this last year and it was incredible. Lucas and I learned a lot and we changed a lot of things for the better. I want you to go in, please, 
to wherever you hit up our DMs. Send us a message. Let us know how long you've been listening to us, where you found us, and then tell us one thing that you appreciate about the podcast, whatever it is, and then tell us one thing that you think we can do better, okay? Whatever that is. And I gave some examples on Friday. I'll, I'll leave those out here. But basically, like, we brought Lucas on as kind of a trial and error guest two years ago. And I got a bunch of feedback that, yo, the new guy is legit. You got to have him on more often. Well, took that into consideration. Here we are two years later. Lucas is full time. Chris Benavides came on as a one time guest last year for the Listener League. People told me he was awesome. Started following Kamish Crew, realized they were great. Asked us to have him back on multiple times. We've done that as well. Continue the Listener League. We've done that as well. Start a YouTube channel. Get on Twitch. Here we are. We're doing our best. Our sound quality has gone up tremendously because we've invested back in the podcast. So we want to know how things are going better for you. All right. We will get in a um, we'll get a link on the website as soon as possible. I'm still putting together the leagues. Um, I'm not sure the platform yet. We do know that it's going to be super flex and we're going to have a couple extra IR spots in this league just because of COVID and stuff. So I'll give you more information as we get going on here. But I want you to please reach out to us on Instagram or on Twitter, leave us an honest review on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening, Chris Landry Football. Let us know how you feel about the podcast. Let us know one thing you like about the podcast, one thing that we can improve on. We appreciate that. We'll take that to heart and do the best that we can moving forward. Once we do that, we're going to gather all the submissions and probably at the end of this month, well, we got a draft in this month. Um, I would say in the next week or two, maybe 10 days, Lucas and I will gather all the submissions. We'll go through, make sure everybody made met the qualifications and then we will sift and through and then you will be contacted if you're in the listener league and then we will move forward and let you know the draft day and everything else. So kind of a long version of it, but we want to make sure that you are, you are on there. So if you have any questions and you're listening right now, jump in. I know Lucas is in the chat room right now, talking with some folks, letting them know how to get involved with it. We want to make sure you're involved and we want these spots to go out to TCK pod listeners, followers, and supporters. As much as we appreciate our homies jumping in the league to fill a spot, like we did that a couple of years ago, you know, and it's fun and we love all the supporters, but we want to get the people who have found us recently, who support the brand and want to be a part of this because we're here for you. So please reach out. And also another quick shout out to go get the draft guide at tckpod.com and all of the other information and you can find us Monday through Thursday, 6 to 7 Eastern time, right here on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Find all of the Landry Football networks at LandryFootball.com, high school, college, NFL proper, and fantasy football. It's a mouthful, man. Did I miss anything, Lucas, or are we good to move on to the Steelers? I think you're good. Right on, brother. Let's get into the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously. Last year was a lost season for Pittsburgh, one of the most storied franchises in the NFL. Unfortunately, Big Ben goes down right off the bat, um, has an operation on his shoulder, on his elbow. Juju falls down to, I think, wide receiver 64 overall in the season. James Conner misses time again. They just can't get started. Their defense, though, their defense was the talk of the league, man. Three all pros, incredible, incredible defense on that side of the ball. They just got to get back to normal here. Big Ben shaved up, trimmed the hair, looks great, lost some weight. He is back, ready to go. Juju is going to be playing out of the slot again this year. Should help him. Deontay Johnson, a lot of hype this summer through fantasy circles. James Washington coming into year three should be good. They draft Chase Claypool. They bring in um, some other, you know, Anthony McFarland to back up. James Conner, he's back healthy this year. There's a lot going on here in Pittsburgh, man. 
this could be another season where Big Ben stays healthy. All of a sudden, we got Big Ben, you know, could be a serious top 10 quarterback. And before you jump in here, Lucas, you can give your your, your take here too. Big Ben or Baker Mayfield, I got to say, man, right now, I think it's very, very close. I think technically in rankings, I have Big Ben maybe a spot or two higher. Um, now there's risk coming off this injury that nobody else has ever come off of effectively. But again, when Big Ben's right, we saw him as the number two quarterback two years ago, led the NFL with um, over 5,000 uh, passing yards. And he was actually had more than Patrick Mahomes that season when he had 5,000 as well. We saw AB and Juju both in the top 10 two years ago. So sky's the limit if Big Ben can stay healthy. Yeah, I think the answer to the question is pretty good the way you summed it up because there is kind of a – I think the thing that's being overvalued is Big Ben's floor is not as high as we think it is, um, and I wish it was per se. But I think that if if he really is hurt, they're just going to run the ball kind of like a Browns format uh, type of uh, play calling. But I think that Big Ben's ceiling is exactly where he left off top – to me, top five personally, if, if he really is – Absolutely. If he really is um, healthy, which – We've been vocal that the beard wasn't coming off. He wasn't going to throw football until he was absolutely ready, and he is ready. So uh, with the weapons they got in the draft, adding on to the weapons they already have, I think Big Ben is a very good pick um, at, at his current ADP and really as much as people want to raise him. I mean, he might, I think he's ranked right around the, the 11 to 12 range for me, and he'll never go up that far. Um, so I like him a lot uh, more of a – if you're in a redraft one quarterback league, take it all day. But if you're in a super flex league, it's obviously there's some risk risk baked into it. I heard something on another podcast, man. And yes, uh, we do need a sponsor. So, you know, either, you know, it's smart water, not a sponsor yet, but shout out smart water, no free shout outs. If they want to either sponsor us or somebody else wants to sponsor some uh, liquid here for the podcast, I would appreciate it. Cause I do get a little bit parched. It's pretty warm under this wool sweater I got here. So I definitely would appreciate some of that. Maybe some Goyaki. I'm a big kombucha guy. Holler at me if you got the hook. Anyways, I heard on another podcast, Lucas, how do you feel about this? Kind of going back to back to back in ADP currently, Jared Goff, Big Ben Roethlisberger, and Cam Newton. And Joe Burrow is right there as well. How do you feel about those guys as like middle to late round quarterbacks? And I'm going to caveat with this. You pick them as your late round quarterback. You don't pick another quarterback. Single quarterback league, you wait till the 12th, 15th round, and you still get one of those guys. If everything works out and they all stay healthy and the Rams get their you know, get back to their 2018 form. Is it crazy to think that maybe not Joe Burrow, but let's take Goff, Roethlisberger and Newton. If they're healthy, the offense runs right and everything is smooth for those guys for 16. Is it crazy to think that all three of them could be top 10 for sure? Maybe even battle like top eight, top six. And you're getting these guys in the 12th to 15th round. Yeah, no, I think they definitely, definitely can. We've been vocal on Minshew. Um, I think, for a late round QB to hit, it's kind of like why a tight end would hit or why a running back would hit or something like that. You have to have either a ton of negative game script or some type of narrative fading you down to that ADP, right? And Big Ben and Cam have that narrative, and they have proven they have. And I think they've both been number one QBs. If I, I, I know Cam has. I'm sure Big Ben's been one or two many times um, in his career or through whatever, top five. And then, yeah, Minshew, I think definitely – um, could crack Bur- Burrow. No, I'm just going to stay off that because a lot has to hit right for a team that's not that great for him to be reasonably close to like a Matt Ryan 
range, Tom Brady range, and even to keep even keep up with that group you just said is kind of a long shot to me, I guess. But I get there is um, different takes. Um, was that I'm, a question? I'm loving, oh no, I, he was just mentioning uh, with OBJ bouncing back. Um, he, you know, Baker could be uh, top twelve, so he's more Baker than Ben. And again, it could really go either way. If Ben's healthy, I frankly think he's going to smash. I really do. Um, as much as they want to ride James Conner, which we'll talk about here now, I love James Conner. I think he's even a value this year because of the nervousness of drafters plus all the other running backs going early. You get James Conner in the third or fourth round. Last year he was a first-round pick, right? Second round maybe. He was kind of Nick Chubb last year. You know what I'm saying? Coming off a huge year. We'll see what happens. Boom. Going in the back of the first round, early second round. This year you're getting him in the third or fourth round because people are just kind of nervous, right? I'm taking that kind of risk. Now, I'm not going to do that in 10 leagues, but in one or two leagues, if it falls to me and I think I can build a team around him, I think that's a really good move, to be honest, because, again, the upside of James Conner, even 12 games, James Conner is going to is going to crush, and he's going to you know, incredibly outvalue that ADP. So I like him a lot. I do think he's a value. Lucas, quickly, who do you think is the quote-unquote handcuff, though? There's five other running backs in Pittsburgh. They draft – Lil Boog, as we like to call him, Junior Booger McFarlane. They got Jalen Samuels still. Benny Snell is still rumbling around. If you draft James Conner, who are you targeting as the handcuff for James Conner? Yeah, I think the direct handcuff is Benny Snell, and I think we saw that last year. Um, You can pretty much compare McFarlane to Jalen Samuels, and there's been some talk that Samuels might not make the team because he's not really needed. Um, If you, I think Benny Snell is he's a good he's a good one-two running back. Personally, I've been taking McFarlane and Snell in a lot of the zero RB builds. So like a direct handcuff, I would go Snell. But if you're going to more so like picking outside of Connor, I think Snell and McFarlane is a good uh, stack to have. Big upside there. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, man, let's jump into uh, wide receivers here. There's a lot, you know, kind of a lot of question marks again because of kind of a fumbled season last year of Juju Schuster. Now, let's take us back to this time last year. Antonio Brown exits Pittsburgh. He goes to Oakland, goes to New England. It was a mess. We're not going to talk about ABB. But Juju got the number one rap, right? Ready to go. Juju is basically AB now. He was already wide receiver eight as the number two in Pittsburgh. He had the best yards, uh, you know, yak, yards after catch in the league. We, you know, there's a great stat that our boy Nick at, at uh, Big Dogs Got to Eat, BDGE, Nick Ricolano, our boy. He had a great stat last summer, which was Juju Schuster was tackled inside the five or inside the two yard line five different times Antonio Brown ended up scoring three of those touchdowns if you give Juju those five touchdowns and AB doesn't get those three they're pretty much neck and neck at about wide receiver four and five respectively so Juju's got the talent he has two 97 yard receptions I mean this he's able to do it not worried about Juju. I think he comes back strong. He's going to be playing out of the slot again, which I think helps tremendously. He's not going to get that number one cornerback unless he plays Chris Harris or some strong slot cornerback. So I'm not worried about that. I think I think Juju is going to be crushing, and I think he's going to be a huge value, again, in the third or fourth round as well. Let's turn it a little bit, and I'm going to focus this on, on you, Lucas, because you did a full-on report on Deontay Johnson and James Washington – and this is in the draft guide, so tell people where they can go find this immediately so they can check this out. Dude, I knew you were doing this report. I did a little research myself just to check in on it. Your stat breakdown blew my mind. And actually, it turned out that like James Washington 
had at least an equally as good of a season last year. Nobody talks about him. All the hype's on Deontay Johnson. I like them both. But after your research, who are you leaning toward? Yeah, I don't even know if it's like I love the wide receiver too because I'm buying into Juju coming back. But it's it's James Washington, and I'm pulling it up right now. Basically, last year, I I guess I must have missed something that James Washington or Deontay Johnson like broke out. I I don't I don't know where that like trend started. I mean, like he had a good year, like but he, he should be. Who is he competing with targets with? James Washington. That's literally it. There was no one else there. Pretty sure Moncrief got cut in week two. And now that they were losing a bunch of games, but they had to throw the ball with James Conner out. So, like, he he did what he should have with the, the circumstances around him. But basically, I broke down um, if it's actually going to load here. I think I can go off the top of my head. It's not loading up for me. But um, the week-on-week performance of all games that Washington and Johnson played, they both played in. Compared their stats, basically, they were pretty similar in stat range. But I looked at who scored the highest amount of points between them in, like, a, like a head-to-head matchup. And Washington outscored him nine of the six games. So, like, instantly you're like, what What did I miss? Um, why is Deontay Johnson, at the time, he was, like, 90 picks earlier than him. I don't know what it is now off the top of my head. But you look into it a little more. The only, like, negative I could see was Washington played not even majority. Just some, some snaps in the slot where Johnson did not. Juju coming back should play the slot. So maybe Washington – gets put to third in the rotation, which which I would project. He'll be the three receiver. They run a lot of 11 personnel, added Ebron to fill that tight end spot. So they're going to be running a lot of 11s. I don't really think it matters too much. Um, in that stretch that Deontay Johnson was a top 10 receiver, James Washington was wide receiver seven. So I think it's just take James Washington. And I, Deontay Johnson's ADP did settle down and kind of return back to earth. But it was reaching like Christian Kirk and Debo Samuel territory. And I think people realized – actually kind of what happened because it was a little outlandish but basically uh if you had to pick one it's washington at the adp and honestly probably i'll probably rank washington higher than deontay um in my final rankings wow yeah and i think that is against the grain for sure i think all the hype this summer is on deontay johnson not james washington and we know you know big ben likes both of them at this point whatever but you know before deontay johnson was around big ben was really praising uh, James Washington last year before he got injured uh, coming in in year two, right? So it'll be really interesting. I'm not sure what's what's going to go on here, but I I really do um, I really do think that the wide receiver core here has a lot of potential at really great value. Another question here for fantasy: Which combo would you like better based on ADP? So that's Juju and Deontay Johnson or Cup. And Woods. So on the surface, Cup and Woods by a landslide. But I think the caveat here is based on ADP. I think that's a great way to put it, right? So based on ADP, I mean, Cup and Woods, you're, well, you're going to have to grab them third and fifth round, fourth and fifth round, maybe, right? Juju's going in the fourth. Deontay Johnson, you just said Deontay Johnson's going in about the 10th, you know, ninth, 10th round, maybe even later. Based on ADP, I'd probably lead Juju and Deontay, honestly. Now, I can't see myself ever doing that over Cup and Woods, but to answer the question specifically based on ADP, you know, yeah, there you go. Four and five, four and ten, exactly. So I think the uh, the value leans to the Steelers, but I will say this. I can't see myself doing that even with the value. I'll pick Juju all day long and maybe Deontay Johnson, but I know what I'm going to get with Cup and Woods. And their floor – 
their floor is, I think, better than what Deontay Johnson's going to give me. And their ceiling is both of them being a wide receiver one. So for me, it's cup and woods no matter what. <laughs> but to answer the question, the smart move would be the Steelers. For sure, yeah. I think the theory of the question is the Steelers, but I think uh, the Rams receivers are definitely being undervalued uh, so far this year. Got it. Right on, man. Why don't you bring up the Bengals really quick, and we will finish up here. Before we do, I also want to mention again, as I did with the Ravens, the Steelers also have a great DST. So, again, if you're playing in DST leagues, it's important to mention that, and those DST teams are important to grab. The Steelers are, have been a top – you know, the Ravens have been a top five the last two years. The Steelers were incredible last year, bringing back everybody this year. I think they're going to be just fine. Um so, and again, the strength of schedule, which matters for DSTs, maybe more than any other position, strength of schedule, the Ravens have the best, the Steelers have the second best. They're both considered top five overall defenses from NFL.com. If you're going to get a defense and you're playing DST, don't mess around. Reach a round or two, get laughed at in your draft room. You're going to feel better about it later on, right? Go ahead and go get uh, the Steelers or the Ravens, two of my favorite DSTs. All right, man, we have to get out of here in about five to ten minutes, but let's quickly break down the Cincinnati Bengals right off the bat. Heisman Trophy winner, arguably the most impressive collegiate football season of all time from a quarterback, 65 touchdowns from Joe Burrow. The LSU Tigers were absolutely unbelievable all around. Gets drafted first overall. We knew that. It was basically set up a month in advance. A.J. Green comes up gimpy again already, but it's, quote-unquote, precautionary, so we're going to consider it that until we hear differently. My man, Joe May Mixon, I'm ready for a big season. There's a lot of hype, but there's also a lot of people fading him as well. We got Tyler Boyd. We have Auden Tate. We have John Ross. We have T. Higgins. What is going on with the Bengals, man? Their defense is still going to be terrible, but they have a second-year head coach in Zach Taylor. They got a first-year quarterback. They might have a Hall of Famer at a wide receiver. They may not. Joe Mixon could be top five. He could be, you know, uh, an RB2. How do you feel about the Bengals here before we get out of here? I mean, like I said, Joe Burrow, I think a lot has to go right for this team to be better than they were last year. And people are probably like, well, it's Joe Burrow. It's going to be better, blah, blah, blah. But like to a certain extent, he can't be that great right away. I mean, he can. By far and away, definitely can be. But you can't – we can't act like he's going to come in here and be better than Andy Dalton, which who rated okay on EPA and DVOA just because he's a game manager, right? Like we we can't expect this team – and I know the whole Jonah Williams, I always say we can't be like this oh, and so good now because a guy that's never played a snap is coming back because that, that is the reality. We don't know how it's going to be. So it's not that I'm like Joe Burrow can't return good at ADP, but it's just like I don't see why I would take him compared to the guys around him or even the guys later than him. We mentioned Newton, Big Ben's close, Minshew, those type, Teddy B, those types of guys that I think have relatively the same production this year. Um so take take Burrow if you really believe, I guess, but there's not really much. There's not really, I think, a, he really can't bust, I don't think, because they're going to have good pace. They're going to throw the ball a lot, but I just think that the ceiling is getting way over-projected than actually what realistically could happen. Joe Mixon, uh, the touchdown, he is due for top positive touchdown regression. I think my first round of projections has about 10 total touchdowns, so definitely a lot more than he had last year. The thing with the targets for me, though, is everyone's like, he's going to get more targets, he's going to get more targets it would have happened by now if he was really going to see this huge jump in receiving work. It would have been last year when the wide receiver one was Boyd, and then that's it. I can't even name another guy on this team to take 
really receiving work away from him. Bernard's still there. They're not going to cut Bernard probably, or else they probably would have done it by now. He plays significant stats. But I think you're drafting what you get with Joe Mixon, kind of like that, uh, has top three top three games, and his floor is still pretty good. So I think he's still a solid pick. Um, and if the touchdowns bounce back, he'll definitely be a six or seven, six to eight range. Uh, the receivers, I mean, you mentioned AJ Green's hurt again, apparently. I don't know. I Sure. I really wasn't drafting him that much. Um, if you want to take a chance, roll the dice that he stays healthy. He's definitely worth the ADP. Tyler Boyd's interesting because I think people think he's really safe, and I think to a certain extent. But he saw 40 more targets last year than he did the previous year, and he put up like two points per game less in fantasy. So that has to mean something that he got a lot more work and was less work. Does that mean that he needs a wide receiver one to see better uh, looks, I guess, or is it just the team was not that great? So that being said, I think he's still safe at his ADP, but I just don't think we can project him for much more than what he's done really last year. You could say the year before, but I think really last year. And then I, I didn't realize on my ECR rankings, I didn't have CJ Uzoma in my rankings, but apparently like, I didn't really think about that, I guess, but he should be due for some streamable weeks. I think based on matchup, just because him and Drew Sample are really about it on that team with uh, Eifert leaving. And they've, they've always kind of used the tight end there in Cincinnati as well. So I like that. Yeah, definitely a dark horse tight end premium stream only option for CJ Ozama. I get it. All right. I'm going to start to the top. We got to get out of here in two minutes, but I'm going to make this quick. Joe Burrow dynasty, obviously, but in redraft leagues, I'm not sure that I want him off the bat as my tight end one in single QB leagues. I would be, if I got a Jackson or Mahomes or I got a, you know, a Dak, Russell, Kyler, Watson, Matt Ryan, and I needed a backup quarterback and it's, you know, 14th, 15th round. And I got Joe Burrow and I'm looking for second half season upside. If it all clicks. Awesome. I'm totally into that rookie season. I drafted Baker Mayfield and or Lamar Jackson in the last round of my drafts every year. Now remember, or every, every uh, league, remember, at the time that they were coming in, Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. Baker Mayfield was the backup to Tyrod Taylor, period, backup. Lamar Jackson was the backup to uh, Joe Flacco, okay? So I was drafting these guys as backups in the late round just in case it happens. Well, obviously, both of them crushed in the second half of the season. So that turned out, especially in keeper leagues. I like Burrow, but just temper expectations. Joe Mixon, love Joe Mixon. Weeks one through seven, he was wide receiver 35 at nine PPR points per game. But after that, in the second half of the season, weeks 8 through 17, he was wide, uh, running back. Excuse me, I said running back or wide receiver. Apologize. Weeks 1 through 7, running back 35, 9 points per game. Weeks 8 through 17, running back 6, doubling that, 18 PPR points per game. Clearly, it looks like the Bengals took a second, realized how talented he was, started force-feeding him the ball. This is without A.J. Green already. So if A.J. Green misses again – I think they're just fine there. If Adrian Green comes back, I think it actually helps Joe Mixon open up the field a little bit. I'm also going to get my T. Higgins shares in Dynasty absolutely as well, probably free on your waivers if he wasn't drafted already, so go grab him. Tyler Boyd, I like it a lot. Another kind of later round, middle round um, heavy RB uh, pick there. He can be – I mean, he's your wide receiver four. That's insane. He's got you know wide receiver two upside. Like that a lot. Um, and then again, T Higgins, I like a lot more than Auden Tate and, um, John Ross. So I'm going to take my gambles there. I will say that the Bengals defense is horrendous and they're going to be bad for a while. So that is going to help this offense for fantasy as well. And as much as Lucas doesn't like to count it, garbage points do matter in fantasy football. And the Bengals are definitely a team to, um, 
you know, score quite a bit in the fourth quarter of games just by chasing. So I like that a lot. All right, man, we need to get out of here. But before we do, I want to just give a shout out once again to Chris Landry and the team, the Landry football team for having us on and, and hosting the TCK pod, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're listening to us on our uh, YouTube avenues or our podcast avenues that you're used to, jump on to Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. And you could jump in just like our boy NBA rigged and CB kid jumping in here with the live comments we appreciate you guys always a great time having you in we'll catch you tomorrow chris benavides of the commission fantasy football podcast jumping on for the afc west or excuse me afc east breakdown we're gonna let him break down his own patriots sans tom brady and you can find everything here at landryfootball.com you can find us at twitch.tv slash chris landry football and of course find the candlestick kids fantasy football podcast on youtube Wherever you're listening to your podcast, tckpod.com, you can grab a draft guide as well. Find us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod, on Twitter at tck underscore pod, and find my man's Lucas at caser underscore Lucas. Lucas, any last words before we get out of here, brother? Go Browns. Go Browns. Happy Tuesday, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.